<clears throat> All right, we're live on both. What's up, everybody? My name is Tyler Dunn with Goals and Updates. Let me just get this up here. All right, we're good. We're golden. All right. So my name is Tyler Dunn. We're on episode 90 of Goals and Updates, which is pretty amazing. Almost at 100 episodes. We're 10 episodes away from 100 episodes, which is pretty awesome. I'm pretty excited to, to reach that goal. Oh, just give me one sec. And, uh, <clears throat> but um, the, the real reason we're out here on a Wednesday is because it's the normal, you know, the normal hours of uh, goals and updates. So every Monday and Wednesday, I try to get on here at 7 p.m. We're a little bit, you know, we're obviously a lot late. We're almost an hour late. Um, I had a couple of things I was trying to get done right before I did the show. I try to, you know, normally when I come home, I try to eat real quick because I realize sometimes I'm extremely hungry from an eight-hour uh, workday. And I try to eat a little bit, so I might have to move the time and just adjust it to 7.30. It might be a little bit better. Uh, so I might have to adjust it from 7 to 7.30. I'll, I'll definitely update you guys on that. But for now, we're going to keep it at 7. But every Monday and Wednesday, I come on here live on Facebook and Instagram live, and I, uh, and I do an episode of Goals and Updates. And this show is really designed to help people because human beings are very naturally negative uh, we tend to meet people and automatically assume the worst or we come up with an idea or we come up with plans and we automatically think the the worst of it. Oh, I can't do that because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm too short. I can't do that because I'm too young or I'm too old or, you know, naturally, <clears throat> excuse me, it's kind of weird. Naturally, uh, we tend to go very, very negative on something when in fact it's probably very possible for you to go on a, and accumulate it or achieve that goal or mission that you're on. And so I created goals and updates so that twice a week I can come out here and, and I can try to, um, you know, motivate people to go and conquer their dreams and goals. And the reason it's called goals and updates is because in the beginning of every segment of goals and updates, I update you guys on what I'm doing in my life. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm living, I'm learning exactly like you. And I don't think anyone's perfect in this world, even if they, you know, even if that person's a billionaire, if that person's a millionaire. Uh, that person has accomplished a lot in their life. Everyone's always constantly trying to strive for a better, uh, better self um, image for themselves. And they're always trying to improve themselves. And that's where goals and updates uh, would come in Monday and Wednesdays uh, for everyone. That's why I created this show. So what I'm doing uh, on this episode is we're going to go through the updates like always. Then we're going to go into the two segments. So the two topics are nice guys finish last myth. And then the second one's always state the truth. I've, I've done an episode before with um, with the truth, but this one I'm going to try to do a little bit differently um, in the sense of like the content I'm going to try to uh, produce for you guys. So right off the bat, we're going to start off with the updates. So I got some pretty awesome updates coming, uh, especially for goals and updates. I have some I, um, you know, I've, I've, I have some ideas that I've been thinking about for a while. Uh, I've talked to a couple people that um, I come on the show once in a while and I try to get some, you know, input or feedback from those people. And what I found was um, some people, you know, I guess like the biggest complaint was they're, they're long. Uh, I have my mom told me a thousand times. I've had uh, a couple other people say they're kind of long. They can't stay through it. Uh, a lot of people work. So a lot of people can't stay for the full hour and a half. And I, and I, and I obviously know they're long. It's because there's a lot of content that I have to throw into an hour and a half or an hour. And that's why they're long. So I came up with some solutions for that as well as um, trying to branch out and reach a bigger audience than just my internal 
uh, base, which is like Facebook and Instagram, which would be more internal people and not um, external people. So what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start uploading them. I've, I've already started the process with SoundCloud. So I created a goals and updates SoundCloud, which um, I'll update. I'll start putting those in uh, the comments and probably on like Instagram on like the comment. Uh, but what I'm going to start doing is uploading them directly after I'm done, put them on SoundCloud. And then I have to get authorizations from iTunes. So I have to go and try to, um, it's a little bit of a process where I have to have a hosting site. That's why I'm using SoundCloud. And then I can go to iTunes and um, basically submit an RSS feed. And that way, whenever I update it to SoundCloud, it'll automatically update to iTunes. And I know everyone talks about iTunes because obviously, you know, Apple is a dominant, uh, you know, a, a dominant uh, competitor when it comes to podcasting and music and anything where it's, you know, related to your phone because you know, the, the iPhone's pretty massive, uh, pretty massive device. So, <clears throat> so that's what I'm thinking about. Right. So I'm trying to branch out a little bit, get a, maybe, you know, expand to a bigger audience a little bit and try to get some more people that, you know, I'm not 100% probably the most familiar with at the same time, I've had people, uh, you know, tell me that if it was on iTunes, they'd listen to it. And what I also realized too, is that even though I want to keep producing video content, uh, which I'm going to use some other platforms as well, I'm still going to use Facebook. We're still going to keep Facebook live and Instagram live. But what I'm going to start doing is after the show, I'm going to upload the audio and the video to uh, YouTube, which YouTube will be a video platform, obviously. And then SoundCloud will be the audio as well as once I get it approved for iTunes, um, I can then start uploading to iTunes and that way you can listen, listen to my podcast goals and updates in your car, uh, on your, you know, any device basically. And you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, driving and not being able to watch it or driving and not wanting to open up Facebook and press play, you know, play me talking with my face on it. it this way it'll be more accessible to people that are driving. Cause like I've stated before, I listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of um, interactive type of audio, like uh, eBooks in the car. So, you know, I'm pretty familiar with how all that stuff works with, um, you know, most of the time you want to listen to it in the car instead of music and you want to learn and grow. I'm a big supporter of that. And that's why I'm going to start doing that to make it a little bit more accessible for other people to, you know, listen to goals and updates. Cause you don't have to really watch the video. You know, it's, uh, unless you like, unless, unless you like looking at my face, but, <laughs> but eventually, you know, like right now there's nothing really going on to, um, you know, it's probably like the next tune up I got to start working on is figuring out, uh, like the video portion of it, but slowly, but surely I'm trying to develop it as much as possible. It's just either it's, you know, um, short on cash for, you know, um, what's the word I'm trying to look for. Basically I'm short maybe on cash to basically produce, maybe to a certain extent, or, you know, I'm trying to grow an audience and then eventually be able to, to branch off more. But, uh, so that's, what's going to happen where I'm going to start putting these up on YouTube. I'm going to start doing SoundCloud, which will eventually go into iTunes. And that way you can listen to it in the car. Now, the other thing I had, which was uh, YouTube was, um, a lot of people complain they're long. So what I was going to do on YouTube, what's up, Anthony? So what I was going to do um, on YouTube was make short segments. So if anyone's familiar with like Joe Rogan, what Joe Rogan does is he has like a two hour, you know, I think like every single episode is like two hours, almost three hours when he does an interview with someone. So he cuts it down into segments and puts it on YouTube. And what I was thinking about doing was, uh, you know, branching it 
take an episode, cut it down into the segments. So, like, for instance, like today we're going to be talking about nice guys finish last myth and then always state the truth. I'd cut it into those segments and then put it into a playlist for that episode. That way there'll be like 20 minute segments that you could, you know, watch. And if you don't want to watch the other parts, you don't have to, but they're shorter for you. So that's what I was thinking about doing for, um, you know, those objections where, you know, some people are giving me feedback and they're like, they're kind of long. So that's what I was going to do with YouTube. And then obviously iTunes is just, you know, it's more accessible in the car. You can listen to audio. That's what I was going to do with that. So that's the updates with goals and updates. I also want to do a website for goals and updates. Uh, and I'll probably use like Wix, just like a simple format. I don't need to go too fancy on the website. Uh, and then from there, you know, maybe do like donations if anyone wants to support and just like, you know, support and send some donations and maybe get some more funds that way. Uh, you know, just some ideas I was thinking about until eventually I can start getting some sponsors or anything like that, where I can start trying to get some income for goals and updates. But for right now, those are the updates for goals and updates. Uh, some other updates I'm going to update you guys on is uh, an interesting thing happened to me today where, um, well, it kind of leads into yesterday into today. So yesterday I went to Toastmasters because it's Tuesday. Everyone knows to go to Toastmasters on Tuesday, which is just like public speaking, right? And my friend that I went out to lunch with yesterday was like, hey, can I go as a guest? And I was like, hell yeah. I was like, I'll pick you up. He lives really close by. So I'm like, I'll pick you up. We'll go. And he's very, very shy. He's not, he's not a talkative person. So I was really shocked that he wanted me to take him to Toastmasters for public speaking. So I'm like, all right. Um, so I took him, signed him in, introduced him to you know, a couple people. I uh, did a couple speeches. I uh, did a table topic, which uh, I kind of got, I got a really, I got a really awkward table topic where it was um, something about if, uh, if Americans were speaking in front of a French person and they were and they were using foul language or curse words. What kind of curse words do you think the French would use that Americans would be uh, that Americans would be like kind of like confused on or would be shocked? And I was like, and he went. And the funniest part was he went to one guy. He's like, hey, I'm doing a speech. I can't do a table topic. And then went right to me and he's like, all right, Tyler's gonna do this one. And I'm like, and I got up and I was just like, damn. And my friend laughs. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't really know. I gotta, and like, I only have a minute and a half to two and a half minutes to do the speech. It's not a speech. It's like, a, yeah, I guess kind of a speech, but it's, um, you know, you randomly have to like just spew stuff out of your brain and spew it out to an audience of people. And that night was packed. Like we had a lot of guests that night, which I was really shocked. And so I did the table topic, went up there and I'm like, I, I'm trying to think of a funny word go up there and I'm just like, I don't know any funny words. So I just go, you know, I, I speak and I'm like, yeah, if uh, the French had, you know, the French are very, very dirty people in the sense that they have some dirty, dirty words. But I'm like, if, if I knew a couple, I would tell you, but I don't know French. And then I went in and did like a, a comedy skit and it was, it was kind of funny. I was trying to be funny, almost like a Kevin Hart kind of like uh like comedy skit. And I didn't end up winning that night, but and I think I got like one vote. I think like my friend did the vote count. I got like one vote, but it was really funny because I, I didn't know what to do. So I kind of just went to like comedy. It's kind of like my, uh, my backup, which is like just being funny. So I just went up there and did it and it was awkward, but I did, I got it over with, I, you know, I had a good time doing it. I was just trying to be funny, but, um, but my, like, it was funny cause the guy came up to me after and he was like, Hey, it was pretty, it was pretty creative what you did. He's like, I was pretty shocked at how you handled it. And he was like, it was pretty good. It's like, I, he's like, I, I kind of enjoyed it actually. And I was like, it's funny. But uh, anyways, <clears throat> so um, we're driving back. This is the part that I want to update you guys on, but we're driving back 
And my friend started asking me about how I, uh, you know, how I ran into Toastmasters, how I learned about it and, and basically how, you know, I ended up joining it to get better at public speaking. And I'm like, I'm like, it's a long story. I tell him the story. I've, I've told the story on, on, I don't know which episode I was on when I told the story, but basically went to a, you know, at age 18, went to a stockbroker, invested money. I, I ended up telling him, I don't want to do, I don't do stocks anymore. I don't, I want to take my money out, put it in multi, uh, commercial multifamily real estate. He said, and I was talking about Grant Cardone because it's where I heard about it from. And, and that was the investment I wanted to go into Cardone Capital. And I'm like telling the stockbroker, you know, I'm going to have to take my money out, go liquid and then put it in this fund. And he was like, all right. He's like, I don't know anything about that. I'm, I just know completely just stocks. That's my investment um, area. And that's all I specialize in. He's like, I have a friend who's a banker. You can go and, and meet this guy and, and talk to him about Grant Cardone because I'm sure he knows exactly what you're talking about. So long story short, go meet the guy at a bar, end up meeting this guy named Felipe. And I end up, you know, I stand in contact with him for a little bit. And I was telling this story to my friend. And then it was funny because I haven't really, I haven't really been in contact with him for the past like two, two and a half, maybe three months roughly. And I get a phone call this morning from him which is so funny. And, and, and I'm, tr I tried to call him back. I didn't get a hold of him, but, um, you know, eventually I'll, you know, I'll just keep calling him until I eventually get him or he'll keep calling me until he eventually gets me. But, um, the, the, the funny part that I was trying to make out of this explanation or this update was it's very, very ironic how, you know, you'll talk about something. And I've talked about this before in one of the, on one of the goals and updates, you'll talk about something with your friends, your family, or just a coworker, or just in general to yourself. And then it, it pops up and it blows up in your face. And, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, in the sense of like, you'll be going through your daily life and all of a sudden you'll, you'll notice, sorry, I didn't mean it, I'm like, automatically you'll see that, um, like that thing happened for you, like the next week or like in a couple of days, and you're like, oh my gosh, I was just talking about this last week with my friend. And that's what happened. Like, as soon as I brought his name up to my friend, he gave me a call this morning and I was like, oh my gosh, it's so crazy, right? Like, it's so crazy how it just works. Like the universe just works. And that's why, like, I'm a, I'm a big believer too, by the way, in um, talking about what you want to people. Like, I used to be the type of person where I wouldn't tell you what I wanted. I would just kind of listen, and I and I and I'd kind of I wouldn't really have a dog in the race, uh, so you know the as the saying goes, like I wouldn't really have a dog in the race, and I wouldn't state my opinions or I wouldn't state my beliefs uh, because I was scared people are going to shut me down or people are going to tell me like, oh, that's stupid. Um, and as soon as I started talking more about what I wanted in life, this, as soon as I started talking to people and, and telling them like, yeah, I understand, like you might have a different opinion or a different, um, a different philosophy of life, but this is what I believe in. And I started actually talking about what I wanted out of life. Things started happening where I started noticing, uh, um, little, little things just happened. Like this person would call me and talk to me about this, or, uh, my relationships with my family members got better or, I um, started doing more for my church or, you know, just small things that led into maybe some other big things or some other small things. And the, I think it's because like I started accepting certain elements in my life and then uh, the world itself, or, you know, I, I, I'm a strong believer in, uh, in faith and God, but I, um, I, I really believe that because I started kind of talking more about what I believe in, what I want to you know, accomplish in my life, little things started happening for me that I don't think would have happened if I, if I didn't really open my eyes and start trying to go for things that I wanted. And that's what I'm trying to make a point here with that, that, uh, that update.
where that guy called me out of the blue. I haven't talked to him to two and a half to three months. And as soon as I brought his name up to one of my friends, because he asked me about um, Toastmasters, he gave me a call this morning and it was kind of, it was weird because I don't know exactly. I'm sure he just wants to talk because he hasn't heard from me in a while, but um, it was just weird that he called me the next morning after I just got off uh, talking to my friend last night when I dropped him off from, from Toastmasters and he called. So that's that. Uh, the last one I wanted to update you guys on was uh, I, this, how I handled this customer today, which was, uh, you know, I didn't really do too much of the work. The customer kind of did most of the work, but um, I guess I could, well, I'll just do one. I don't want to cut, you know, I don't want to take too much time, but the one that I really want to talk about is I had to call this lady about a denial. And the reason I had to contact her was we don't, when we don't have an email on file, I have to call the person. And unfortunately I had to call this one person and tell them that I'm forwarding her complaint because we got it. She mailed it to us. So I have to tell her we received it by mail and that I'm sending it to our complaints department. And in about three weeks, roughly, we'll go ahead and contact her. So the, the, the thing, and you're probably thinking to yourself, well, it's not that, that bad. Like you're not, you just tell you're just updating the customer, but on a denial, it's kind of bad because it goes 50, 50, either they're going to be extremely pissed because when we get these complaints and you're denying someone or the company's, you know, I'm not technically denying anyone. The, the company technically is denying the individual coverage. And of course that person's going to be mad because, you know, we're talking about thousands of dollars, hundreds of dollars, um, of money out of this customer's pocket because we're not going to cover it. So what ended up happening was I called this customer and I'm, I'm like, um, you know, and I knew, I knew like, like sometimes you just have a feeling like I'm like, this customer is definitely going to answer the phone. And I'm like, um, I just hope it doesn't go too bad. Uh, cause most people vent and they, and then they, they take it out on you cause they don't understand that you're just kind of like the messenger. I, I like, I don't have any control over the complaint. So call the, I call the customer person answers. I ask if it's the, the customer that's on file and it's the wife of the customer that's on file. And she just, I don't know, I just explained to her, I'm like, hey, like, you know, I'm Tyler. I'm calling from your serious home warranty, X, Y, and Z. Um, and I'm just, you know, I'm just updating you that we received your mailed in documentation with this denial or the complaint that you're, that you're uh, like claiming. And I'm just letting you know that, you know, I'm sending it to the appropriate department, which is our complaints department. And it's going to take about three weeks, roughly. Could be a little bit less, but I'm just letting you know it's going to probably take about three weeks, depending on how much work that department has. And she just goes and she's like, oh, and right off the bat, just vents, <laughs> like just vents, like starts talking about the whole entire thing about the service provider, all this stuff. And I'm on the phone with her for 10 minutes. And every single time I went to say something, she, um, she, she just like kept going. She like ignored what I was about to say and just kept going. And the funniest thing was, I'm just like, yeah, I understand. She would take a little, she'd take a little pause break and I'd, and I'd be like, you know, yeah, I totally understand. If I was in, if I was in your shoes, you know, I'd, I, I would be pretty upset too. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I can't do anything about the complaint. I'm just letting you know, I'm updating you on, you know, that I'm sending it to the appropriate department for them to review it and then reach back out to you. But I'm just letting you know that we received it. And then she would vent more, vent more. Um, and it was funny too, cause I'm like, oh, I'm like looking at my time everything's time there. So I'm looking at my time and I'm like, damn, like she's killing my time. I got to go on a one-on-one, -on -one, which is where I meet with my, uh, my manager basically. And she goes over all the stuff that got kicked back or I did something wrong and she's trying to correct me on it. And I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. <laughs> and she finally ends it. And she, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, I give her the Sears number if she has any questions and I'm like, all right, well have a great one. I do apologize for that and have a good rest of your day. 
and then hang up and I, and I barely make it by like, by like two minutes or a minute uh, to my one-on-one. But it was just funny because I was expecting the customer to bash me, right? Uh, Cause I'm working for the company that she's complaining about. And I'm like, Oh, she's going to bash me. And I just, you know, it comes back to what I was telling you guys before in a couple episodes back where I was just acknowledging her. And, and most of these people just want to be acknowledged because they feel like they've been disserviced. They feel like they got, you know, they got scammed or they got screwed over. So they just really want someone to listen to them most of the time. So they vent. So I don't take any of that stuff personal, uh, personally. Most people do take that stuff personally, and that's where they lose the customer and they lose the, the upper hand because the, cust- the customer, depending on how that rep is handling the situation, escalates it, right? And then the customer gets pissed. But since I was very, very mild tone and I'm like, hey, I totally understand where you're coming from. I'd be very, very upset too if uh, you know I got denied coverage and the service provider did what he did to you, and you know just basically uh, acknowledging that I understand and I and I emphasize with her, or um, you know I, I agree with her, and she just just vented and she didn't even take it out on me. She didn't even say anything against me. She didn't do anything, and then at the very end she was like, "All right, I'll, I'll wait the three weeks. Thank you for giving me the number," and hung up the phone. Right, so. The point I wanted to tell you on that one, um, the reason I'm updating you on that one is because uh, sometimes we assume, right? We assume, and this is where I was, uh, you know, that's what this show is all about is uh, we automatically are programmed, our minds are automatically programmed to think negative. Uh, you take anything, your automatic, your automatic reaction is going to be, I don't want to do that. This is going to happen. I'm scared to fail. I'm scared, you know, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And, um, that's what my mind was at first, but I, I kind of have a handle over it where I know like all I have to do is just go. Like if I just make that call, I'm stuck making the call. So I don't really think too much. I just dial. And I think that's the key because most people procrastinate and start thinking about it. But I went right in, handled it. And it was, it was shockingly enough. It was actually kind of a, um, it wasn't a bad phone call. Right. (laughs) Um, but so that's my update. So now we're going to go into these two topics. I'm trying to make up a little bit of time here, but we're going to go into the two topics where uh, the, the first one's going to be uh, the nice guys finish last myth. And the reason I, I actually brought this topic up was uh, they did a speech at Toastmasters. It was the, the president of Toastmasters, who now is not the president anymore because we did, uh, what do they call it? Uh, we're called officers. So they basically replaced the old officers and put in the new officers for this upcoming year for 2020. And so we got a new president now, but the old president of the club uh, did a, did a speech and she did, she was talking basically about like the, she got a topic and I can't remember if it was a speech or she might've gotten a table topic, which is just like, you got to come up with it off the top of your head. And she got the, uh, topic where it was, do you believe that nice guys do finish last? And so she was talking about it and it kind of made me think a lot because the stuff that she was talking about, uh, resonated with myself a lot, because if anyone knows me or anyone meets me, uh, I'm a, I'm extremely nice. Um, uh, you know, I'll talk to anyone. I don't, I don't care who you are. I'll talk to you and I'm pretty civil and I try, and I try my best to just have, you know, like a, a civil conversation and, Um, you know, I don't like being angry. I don't like when people have confrontations. So I was, I'm very, very good at like toning down that if I have to, but you know, obviously if I have to get 
um, you know, I have to get a little bit angry. I'll get angry. But uh, the point that I'm trying to make on this is she was talking about the myths almost of nice guys finish last. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because this was kind of me in high school, right? I was the, the, I would classify myself, you know, I don't, I don't know from the outside perspective. I can't, you know, I can't ask people from my high school. I mean, I could, but obviously I can't right now. But um, when I was in high school, I was very observant. I was very quiet. I wasn't very outgoing until I was in senior year. And I realized the last three years of high school, I kind of messed up. I should have been more, um, you know, a little bit more outgoing. I should have been more uh, aggressive in the sense of clubs, you know, becoming, you know, being, being more active in high school. Um, and then I kind of did it more in college. I kind of like made up for it in college where honestly college was more, college you needed more of that rather than high school uh, and some i don't know if most people will agree with that but i'm pretty sure most people would agree with that but you never know but i was very observant in high school very very quiet and i just paid attention and you know i i never you know there's a lot of people in high school where they were just very like crazy people people are trying to figure themselves out in high school so i would classify myself in high school as the nice guy and because i was nice I didn't, you know, ask, you know, uh, girls there out. I didn't really do anything. I was kind of to myself. And if I talked to someone, it was, it was kind of very like mild toned, uh, conversations. I didn't really get, you know, like I didn't really get into like confrontations cause I didn't really talk to anyone. So, um, what I realized, because I always heard this saying before, right in high school. And when I was younger, uh, the, the saying nice guys finish last and, what you know what it resonated to me was that i got a little bit older and i'd say maybe senior year uh so i probably senior year is about 18 i'd say maybe 18 to like 2021 i really started thinking about the whole uh nice guys finished last and i was trying to almost kind of make sense of it because i you know i'd always tell myself i'm like i'm like i'm too nice right and i and i would see it too like sometimes people were too nice when I would observe this, I'm like, sometimes people are very, very too nice. And so they sacrifice everything for themselves, for the other person. And I'm like, then the other person loses, right? So this is what my, you know, this is what my mindset is going to when I'm, when I'm um, really, really young, like 18, senior in high school, all the way up until maybe like sophomore of college, uh, you know, and that, like around there, I'm 20, 21, roughly. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, that's, that's, you know, the saying is true. Like I thought back then I was like, the saying is so true because everyone that's really, really nice will do everything for the crappy people or the people that uh, crappy people are kind of, I don't like the term, but people that kind of just like used other people and knew that this guy was nice. He wasn't going to say anything. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to overstep my boundaries because I know he's going to give it to me. Right. And I was like, oh, that that's why that saying is so true. Nice guys finish last because they're the nice guy is always gonna give up his stuff. And as I kind of got older, I realized that the saying was was false because the the nice guy will normally outdo the terrible person or the the person that's not nice, that's like evil, manipulated. And that's what I started seeing when I got older. You see, when all the kids were winning in high school that were basically, uh, you know, bad individuals um, or people that were manipulated, lied, compulsive liars and stuff like that. They won in high school majority of the time, right? And the nice guy would always suffer from it. But as I got older, 
I started to win more because once you get older and you start becoming an adult, you start you start leveling the playing field with other adults. Your age doesn't matter anymore. High school, it was, you know, it was a popularity contest. But once I got older, my niceness kicked in, right? Because I didn't change as a, I mean, I changed obviously, but I didn't change the momentum of being a nice guy. And I started connecting with more people. I started going to events and being able to, to literally talk to people and my charm, me being nice, my charm would actually get me more access to other people. Uh, people that were from all different races, people that were from all different walks of life, people from all different cultures. And I, I feel like most of those people in high school are always trying to go for that popularity contest and they're trying to cheat their way to the top and they're manipulating. They can't do that anymore because, I mean, they, te- they, they still can, but a lot of people see through that once you get older. You know, when you're talking to someone that's in their 40s or 50s and older, uh, maybe even a little bit uh, younger than that, they they tend to see through the bullshit, right? They tend to see through the crap, and because they've been on the earth for so you know so long, uh, people might hate me for saying that, but uh, I don't. Maybe that's the wrong term, but people have been on those people that have, are older have been in the world longer than that person that's trying to manipulate them. So they've seen a lot of different stuff. That's that's the point I'm trying to make, and they see through the crap. And so when I started getting older, that's how I got my way into jobs. That's how I got my myself interviews. That's how I got myself in front of more people and and was able to do probably more than those people uh, in high school. The the people that you know maybe were my friends at one point, and I realized they were just kind of screwing me and stabbing me in the back, which I have a long list of from high school. But um, I, that's what I learned, right? And when I was listening to her her topic. And she's giving these examples and she's like, you know, I really think it is a myth. Like, I don't think the nice guy finishes last. She's like, I actually think it's the opposite. I think the nice guy finishes first all the time. And the and the mean guy or the, the manipulator is the one that finishes last. And she was talking about how like women, right? Most women, and this is kind of what I'm talking about in high school. High school, they got away with that because it was all about popularity contest. And, oh, I want to... You know, it's it's more stereotype and stuff like that. The the women in high school aren't as as educated or more knowledgeable with dating or anything like that. And so they're looking for looks. They're looking for someone that's kind of, you know, can maybe protect them a little bit more. Um, and when you get older, women tend to to hate that. They hate the jock type of style, the, the person that's all about himself and the person that's basically just trying to scam everyone and, and, you know, beat, beat up women and stuff like that and, and different elements like that. And so when you get older, women tend to, to kind of dilute looks a little bit for personality. And that's not my personal belief. I've talked to a bunch of uh, different women that are older and, and they, and they go, yeah, I would definitely sacrifice a little bit of looks for personality, for protection, for uh, a, a real man, a man that will work and, su- and support uh, and support me and like a family and uh, X, Y, and Z. And that's what she was basically stating in this topic was uh, when you get older, the nice guy tends to finish first, not last. And, you know, it's even in business, like, would you want to work with someone? Let's say you're working, let's say you're a salesman or you're a businessman and you're trying to work with someone who's like a scammer, you know, he's going to scam you and he's going to lie to you and he's not going to be honest with you in a deal. 
Are you going to work with that person or would you rather work with the person that's going to be bluntly honest with you on the deal and go over all the facts and information before they go through the purchase and they actually make you money and make, you know, make the other company money as well. The, the person that's negotiating on its uh, company money as well. Right. So, you know, in my, you know, obviously like I kind of feel like that's common sense. You'd want to go with the person that would, you know, be honest with you and be more reasonable with you and try to work with you rather than the person that's very mean and trying to basically steal money out of the deal from you. But, and that's life, right? Every, every type of life aspect uh, requires you to basically try to, you know, a first impression. And that's where the first impression is key, right? A lot of the stuff I tell you kind of links hand in hand in hand. That's why like, in my honest opinion, like I honestly believe when you start getting these, these traits and habits and skills, you te- you can't really lean to one side politically um, because the, the traits and skills and your belief structure, right, won't, won't allow you to do that. And that's why like a lot of these things like the first impression, uh, the, you know, being nice and, and being and being friendly to people and stuff like that. It, it does it once you start getting those habits and the traits, it doesn't it doesn't you can't really lean in one direction. You kind of tend to lean more to like a, a right direction. Right. You know. Uh, politically speaking, you know, those those people tend to lean more towards the right. As then you start understanding like, oh, like government can't help me. Like, yeah, I can't be dependent on government. I got to work my way to the top. Um, I, uh, you know, I believe that every person needs to, to fix their own problems. Like I'm dealing with my problems. I can't deal with everyone else's problems. So government can't solve everyone else's problems. That's a conservative viewpoint. Um, let me think of something else. Uh, school like you know like di- like different elements like once you start getting all these elements i you know i don't have them all written down in front of me so i can't you know i'm trying to do this live but that's the point of tra- the first impression is key right uh the, the you know like certain traits like that like oh like i don't really believe in equality as much as probably like most people right but equality in the sense of like everyone's not the same right that's more of like a conservative viewpoint where you believe that everyone's equal in the sense of being human, but you don't really believe that everyone is the same individual human being in the sense of like, I have the same skills as everyone else, or I have the same health issues as that person, or I, um, you know, the, the culture that's trying to form more like left or um, in society in general is Oh, equality, equality, equality. Everyone's the same. 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 And, but it's just so far from the truth. Like take anything in the world and every outcome is different, right? It's all different. Like you take anything. I could take this computer. This computer's probably uh, way, you know, there's like a thousand different types of branded computers. Like there's not all, not every computer is made the same exact way, right? Maybe the motherboard and like certain elements, almost like a human component, right? Like a car runs almost like a a human, but it has different human elements within the car, right? But every car that has been made is not the same. My car, my, my, let's say me and my dad had the same model, same make, same year. My battery could go out and his battery could last longer. Why? Because it it was made in the same factory, but it, it wasn't, it's not the same car, right? So, and maybe where I work, cause more damage to my battery than where he works. That's my point is, you know, they're, they're trying to push this equality stuff, but in, in being, you know, being realistic, we're, we're not all the same. 
we're all different. We all have different skills. I can't, I can't be a professional basketball player, right? Uh, you know, those people that are playing professional basketball, um, basketball are, you know, have different, different habits, different traits than I have. You know, if I went against one of them, I'd, I'd lose hands down. I'd have no, I have, I'd be way out of my element, right? Cause I, I don't have those skills and traits and, and those type of beliefs. I don't have a belief that I'm going to be a, a professional NBA basketball player, right? So that, that's really my point is, um, once you start kind of developing certain things, that's also why I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a, a political side channel. I mean, I got a lot of things going on right now. I can't really do it, but at least right now, uh, it's definitely something I've, I've had, you know, visions and dreams and goals on. Um, but you know, eventually we'll get there, but uh, that's the point I want to make is once you start kind of developing some of these habits and traits, it's very, very hard. That's why when like some of like these, uh, these high people, like, um, like some motivational speakers, if they ever said they were like, like a Democrat, I'd be very, very shocked or they're lying to themselves because you like that side does not believe in the stuff that I'm telling you. They, they really don't. They don't, they don't believe, uh, in, in that kind of stuff. They don't believe in equality. They don't believe in, uh, you know, they, they are in a, in a sense more racist, right? Uh, because they're trying to categorize you as everyone else. And maybe you're not like everyone else. But anyways, whole different different segment, whole different topic. But so nice guys finished last myth. But that when she was going through all this stuff, like, uh, you know, when you get to the end of your life and marriage and uh, you, t- you typically want to marry someone that has uh, values of, uh, you know, self-respect and stuff like that, that'd be more labeled as a nice guy, right? And that's the main difference is, you know, I, and I thought about it too. And she, like everything she was saying, like I agreed with her like 110%, but uh, everything I was saying, I just kept picturing my high school career to like now. And, you know, I had to do a lot of hard things. You know, I had to uh, you know, do, you know, I'm going to talk about some other things in the next topic because the next topic is a little bit more tricky, but, and I have a, a lot of examples in the next one, but for nice guys finish last, you know, I, I honestly really believe it's not true. Like, I honestly do believe it's in reverse. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, I really don't, I don't believe, uh, I don't, I don't believe that nice guys finish last. I really do believe nice guys finish first. And uh, even though it may seem that, you know, the evil people and this person and uh, this, this liar, uh, you know, pulled one over you or he gained a friend and you lost that other friend or they did something and you lost and you feel like, you know, he got ahead and you didn't you know, in the, in the long run. So that's another thing like long run and short and, and short run or short term, long term, short term. Um, like those elements, like I believe in the long term, I don't really believe too much in the short term. I mean, you get little wins and little things, uh, during the short term, but when you look at it, the long term is when you start winning short term because, uh, you're not, you're, you're living, um, you know, it's time. It all comes back to time. It's a time element with a lot of this, this stuff. Like, I can't just join a company and get to the top. I have to work and, you know, hard work. And I got to try to go in and outdo the next person next to me. And, you know, I'm working at a company right now with 500 plus people. So I got to outdo 500 plus people, right? Every single day, they're probably adding a new, uh, a new employee to that company. They're expanding, right? Uh, they have company, you know, they have multiple different call centers in different countries. So the the point that I'm trying to explain to you is that, 
you know, I gotta, I gotta stand out and, you know, maybe being nice, there's a lot of mean people out there and there's a lot of negative people out there. So if you can change that negative to positive, right? Positivity, not negative or negativity and change it to positivity and be nicer to people and start trying to understand the person in front of you rather than just assuming and being negative to that person you'll understand what I'm saying. You'll start seeing it in the long run. Now, it's not going to happen overnight. Like you can't just be nice one day and expect everything to change. But over time, once you develop that habit of being nice to everyone, no matter if that person's being completely mean to you and rude to you, and you become the better person and you become nice to that person, regardless of what that person is doing, you'll start seeing what I'm talking about. That person will eventually change. The person might not be mean to you anymore. A person over time might actually be the nicest person to you uh, in that company or whatever, you know, whoever is disagreeing with you and uh, being mean to you, right? So that's the point that I'm, that I'm trying to make with the nice guys finish last myth is uh, I, I really honestly don't believe it's true. I, I honestly think it's a myth. Um, and, you know, my, most people might have a different, I'm sure most people might have a different opinion on that, but um, I'm sure the, you know, if I had a, if I had a, if I had a poll, like an accurate poll, I would assume that younger people would maybe disagree with that. Most young people. And then I, if I had to go older, I maybe would think that older people would, would, uh, would say yes to that. Like they would agree that it's a myth and that nice guys probably finish first rather than last because, you know, they've, they've seen the runaround, they've seen the other side of it. So that, that would be my assumption. I can't tell you that's accurate. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's factual or not, but uh, the point that I'm trying to make is like, if that's my opinion um, on, on that, like if I had a poll, I would assume that the youth would say that they do believe nice guys finish last. And if I had a poll with older people, they would say that no nice guys probably finish first. And the, the, you know, the bad people or people that are manipulated and um, you know, evil people would finish last. Now, so that's going to be uh, that topic. Now we're going to go into the second topic, which is always state the truth. And with this topic, uh, the reason I picked this, by the way, is I think I was watching a podcast or I was watching an episode. Um, you know, I was watching something online, probably an interview. And they were stating that they were stating something where um, always they're like, they're saying like how the truth will set you free. Like you've probably heard that quote a lot too, where it's like the truth will set you free. And I was just, I, I was, I think it was a Grant Cardone interview and he was getting interviewed and he was talking about the first time he ever heard the truth be like being told to him. And I think it was on the example of, um, his mom, this was back when, um, his father passed away and it was just him and his mom. And I think his twin brother, and he's talking to his mom about wealth and his mom basically tells him, Hey, like the best investment. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't, I don't remember why she told him this, but something where she said that, Hey, the, the best investment is always investing in yourself. And he said, when he heard that he was like, he must've, I think he was a teenager. He said, he said the first time he heard that it was like an eye opener. Like it, it just hit him. Like the truth hit him. And he, and he realized that, you know, that was, that was it. Like, you can't like the best investment is always investing in yourself. And I didn't start honestly realizing that until I got out of high school and I went into college and I'm not even talking about investing in myself in college because I really don't think college was the best investment for myself. Uh, I, I didn't realize about investing in myself until 
I started reading my first book. It wasn't really my first book, but my first book where I actually paid attention and read it from cover to cover, you know, 300 and something pages. I think it was like a 350 page book. And I read the book and it was on something that I wanted to learn about, which was more about selling. And I think the first book I kind of picked up, I ordered it and I picked it up was uh, Seller Be Sold by Grant Cardone. And that book was talking about how everyone sells. And it changed my perspective on selling because I looked at selling as like a, a skill that I, I, I never used, um, you know, a skill that was very hard to tame, which is kind of, you know, it is kind of true because it's habits. It's habits and, and rituals that you have to try to do every single day so that it becomes a habit and you become a better individual that can speak to people and close deals and, and, um, and be better at negotiating prices and understand why people are objecting and, and different elements of that, like more of like psychology and stuff. But when I read that book cover to cover and I read it and it was about, I think it was about 358 pages roughly. And I read that book and I'm like, damn, like, I learned so much in just 350 pages and I finished that book, I think a month and a half, roughly. I'm not the, I'm not the fastest reader, but a month and a half, maybe to two months. And I finished and I was like, wow, I learned so much from just reading 358 pages in two months than I ever did going to, you know, putting a, like thousands of dollars into college for three, four years. Right. And that's when my mind started to change. And I was like, you know, uh, I know a lot of people don't read and I'm like, this is where all the information is. And, you know, spending $30 on a book is investing $30 into myself. And that's when I started to change my opinion or my outlook on reading. And I'm like, oh man, like it's reading. Like that's, that's how these people progress so fast. And that's how people get so much information in a short period of time is they're reading from people that have been in that, that field of work for 30 plus years and know all the information down into a small little 350, maybe 500 page book. And that's how these, uh, you know, these successful entrepreneurs are gaining all this information and understanding things that the average person does not know. Cause the average person is not reading. And I'm like, damn, yo, like if I would have known this, I would have started reading like four years ago and, and, you know, besides college, but, um, which I don't regret college, college changed, college changed me. Um, because I, I did it differently than I think most people uh, did it, right? Or most people do do it. And I was forced to do it a certain way because I, I, I screwed up my high school career and I barely had a 2.0 and I had to go down a different route and I couldn't leave to go to college and I couldn't go to the top-notch schools. And that's what shifted everything because I got forced to go down a different route and I got forced to go down a route that uh, you know most people either quit on uh, most people quit because they feel like they screwed themselves out of a good college career or they go halfway and they quit halfway and they go, oh, it's not for me. Right. But I committed, went four years, you know, I took longer than I should have. I, I spent four years on a two-year degree and I should have done two, you know, two years to get the two-year degree, but I committed, I did it. And I, and I did a lot of connections along the way. And I learned a lot about myself in that process. And that's the person you're looking at right now was I, I really believe because of college. College changed me in that that foundation. But, you know, we're not taught to go in that in that duration or like the network or, uh, you know, most of the time you're just they're just telling you, oh, go to class, get good grades and you'll get a good job. That's what they that's that's the that's the message, you know, the message in college uh, with with these colleges or these universities is they're just like, oh, go to class, get good grades. We'll get you a job. 
Um, and uh, the truth is, like, it's not what you're supposed to do in college. You should be networking. Network. Uh, try to go out and get some experience if you actually like the field of work. Uh, but, you know, most of these most of these young kids don't want to do that. They don't want to – they feel like it's too much work. Like, oh, I'm already going to college. I'm working a part-time job. I don't want to go and invest more time into college and more time into that. But the, the truth is if you're not willing to invest in yourself, you'll never make it in life. You'll never make it anywhere in any country, any place, any state, uh, whether you're Republican, Democrat, it doesn't matter. If you're not investing in yourself – uh, that's what I learned. And the whole point I'm going down this route is um, Grant Cardone was talking about when he got hit with the truth for the first time. And his, mom, and his mom stated that, you know, the best investment is always in yourself. And he said it stuck with him for his whole entire life. And I really honestly understood that because then I started investing in myself with uh, online courses for like, you know, like uh, real estate and different, different uh, things that I could learn online by just giving money to someone and then that person teaching me. And, uh, you know, college didn't do that for me. College just put a professor in front of me. And it was some guy that probably didn't even know what he was talking about. He was trained. So you take, let's say, Algebra 2. He, that guy, that professor was not trained besides just a curriculum. He had to go through a curriculum. And they would tell you that, too. They'd be like, I can't, I can't go over that because we're not on that curriculum yet. Uh, you know, we got to stick to this and it's outdated stuff. It's not even stuff you use. Like no one uses accounting. All right. Unless you're going into engineering, like no one uses accounting. You use basic math, multiplications, division, subtraction, and addition. Those are the, those are the four things that you need to learn how to count from one to 10, right? Uh, ABCs. Uh, that's the stuff you learned in elementary and like, you know, like first grade and stuff like that. Like your beginning, uh, path into, into school. It wasn't, it wasn't college. That's what most people are, are kind of confused about or they don't understand. But um, so always state the truth. I try to do this every single every single day, literally every single day. Um, and I, I get a lot of I honestly get a lot of, uh, you know, crap because I'm kind of I'm kind of bluntly honest a lot of the times. Like, um, let me give you an example. Like th- this is why, like, I, you know, my my girlfriend that was with me or my ex-girlfriend, but at the time was my girlfriend. Uh, all the way up in when I first started the podcast, if you go all the way back on Facebook, you'll see like she wrote on almost every single episode and she supported me all the way up until I think like episode 32 and I was going back through them up to like 32 or like 40 ish. Um, and, you know, she supported me until, you know, we broke up and then she was like, you know, screw you. But uh, the point is the reason that ended was because I was always really honest with her. I was brutally honest. I was like, look, like we need to fix this or this isn't going to work. Like, I understand what you're talking about and I'm trying, I'm trying to work with you and fix this, but this needs to, this needs to improve or it's not going to work because we keep hitting the same, the same, uh, the same issue. And I'm like, we got to change this. Then she would get pissed. She'd, you know, get emotional, get upset. And I'd be like, look, like, I don't understand why you're crying. It's just a simple fix. And she would, the waterworks would come cry for hours and I'm like, look, like, I don't understand why you're being so emotional about this. We just need to fix this. Not a big deal. We just got to fix this, right? Here's, here's the problem. Let's talk about the solutions that we can do to fix this. And, it, you know, she, and she's just emotional and she, and she couldn't do that. So, um, and, the, and, you know, obviously I was, I was very, very blunt with her. I was just like, look, like, this is the problem. This is what we got to do. You know, if you have a better solution, maybe, you know, maybe talk about it with me and we'll work it out. 
But the way I guess I said it offended her. She would cry. Different stuff happened. So um, that's why that relationship didn't work. I, could, I couldn't be truthful around that person. That person wanted me to lie to him. And I never understood that either. Like, I don't, you know, there's some people you're going to run into that want you to lie to them. And I don't understand why you want someone to lie to you. It's normally the opposite. You'd rather have someone tell you the truth. You're going to run into those people. But, um, you know, and I tend to, uh, I've done it a couple times with my one friend, uh, Costa. I've had a couple things where I was like bluntly honest with him. And I remember one time, and sometimes it works to your advantage, by the way. Like, sometimes it won't. But the trickiest part, about, uh, you know, telling, always stating the truth is that you're always going to get hit with something because you're trying to be truthful and maybe the other person doesn't want to believe it's the truth. So you're going to get hit hard by that other person. And it's happened to me hundreds of times, like my parents, family, friends, uh, it doesn't matter who it is. You know, if you're trying to be honest with that person there, you're going to get probably, you're going to probably get a little bit of a, a kickback, but if you stick with it, that person will eventually come around. I promise you that. Like, that's what I've realized. I, I have a couple examples for you. So uh, my one friend, Jimmy, like one time we were, we were playing basketball and he, and he's shooting and he's talking to me and something happened. He was talking about something on the news and I can't remember. He's talking about something about like how uh, like wealthy people are greedy and something happened that he's given an example on. I think someone ended up screwing someone else out for money and and I was talking about it and I'm like, and he, and he states this phrase where he goes, you know, rich people are greedy and selfish. And I was just like, you know, I really don't believe that. And he goes, you don't. And I go, no, I really don't believe that. You know, I believe that if you're a good individual, you want to help people, the money does not change the individual. The money just enhances who that individual, the individual is. Because I'm like, logically think about it for a second. If it's someone like me and I have, I'm not wealthy, so I can't, I can't tell you that I would hundred percent do this, but, and I haven't, I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm like, if it was me and I had a lot of money, I, you wouldn't see me doing that. I, I, I would probably stay the same. I'd be humble. I I'd try to help people with the money. I would try to, you know, try to be a little bit more, um, up, you know, try to help that person maybe build more wealth. Cause you know, you're trying the saying basically is like, if I just give you money, you're going to lose it. Cause you don't know how to keep the money. So uh, I wouldn't just give people like millions of dollars. I, I would try to help them, you know, try to make their own money or keep money or, or try to see a different, um, a different picture. Kind of like what I'm doing with goals and updates with this topic. But I would, you know, and that's what I would do. And I was like, you know, the people that you see like uh, politicians or the people that you see that are greedy and they have a lot of money and they're wealthy they've always been that way. Like the money just enhanced that person or that, that, that belief that that person had like money is just a tool, right? It's almost like uh, you know, a gun killing someone, the gun can't be shot without someone behind the gun. So the person behind the gun killed the person, not really the gun. Like obviously the gun and the bullet killed the person, but the person behind the gun created the action to kill the person, right? Or to kill whoever was in front of the, the gun. It's the same thing with money. Money is just a tool. It's just an object. The money will only be created or used in whatever way that individual is using the money. So, you know, that's what I mean by that whole ideology of like, oh, if this person was wealthy and he was humble and he was, uh, you know, giving back to charities and he was trying to help his family and the community around him and he's trying to do all this good stuff. It's because that person has been humble his whole entire life and has never really been greedy or he hasn't really been manipulated. Um, and, and 
uh, you know, things like in that nature. But if you look at a politician who always wants more money, they're always trying to get more money from you. They're trying to, oh, I'm going to do this and they don't do it, right? That's because they've always been greedy. They've always done that and that's all they know. And that's the money has enhanced that type of individual, that type of personality. So, uh, and, uh, and like at first he kind of disagreed with me. And then after I started explaining it, the way I kind of explained it to you, he was like, yeah, that does make a lot of logical sense. And like, yeah, you're probably right on that. Right. So I changed his, you know, I changed his opinion on it because I was being, you know, I just told him the cold hearted truth. Like, you know, I, I, you know, that's what I believe. And, um, I'm going to give you another example. So at one time I was with, uh, let me think of a really good one here. One. All right. So one time I was with my other friend Costa and he was talking about, um, what was the idea that he was talking about? He was talking about how, um, uh, he was kind of talking a little bit about abortion or whatever. And I was telling like, uh, he kind of fell in between. Uh, he's more labeled as independent, but he kind of was talking about abortion and he was talking about the two sides. And he kind of, when he was explaining it, he got the the two sides wrong. He thought Republicans were for pro-choice and Democrats were for um, uh, pro-life. And I was like, no, it's, it's in reverse. I'm like, uh, Republicans believe in pro-life and Democrats believe in pro-choice. And he's like, okay. And so I'm walking him down the policies and, and kind of what's going on politically in the world and stuff like that between the two sides. And when I explain things to people, I don't, I don't, um, like what you'll notice, like I do it on the show too. Uh, you'll know which side I lean on, but I'm just gonna, I'm going to tell you the honest truth on both sides and where they stand and what's going on. Um, I don't, I don't just say that, um, you know, I don't just try to like bull, you know, BS, uh, an opinion or a side. I kind of just tell you the, the cold hearted truth on both, both angles on it and how I look at it. And that's what I was trying to explain to him. I was trying to be as unbiased as I could. And then I would tell him like at the end, like what my opinions were on both sides and where I would align on it. And that way he would know like, okay, like this is where he aligns on it. And these are the two sides. So he can make his own judgment, right? I, I give him the free will to uh, make his own assumption on the, t- on the two topics of the two sides, but I'm going to let him know that I kind of lean in this area. So that way he doesn't, you know, he knows where I stand and he doesn't have to agree with me. Right. He kind of just knows where I am um, politically on that, that element. So he, I explained both sides to him and I go, I go, you know, I lean more pro-life and this is why. And I go through the whole entire thing and he goes, you know, I lean on both. I lean on both sides. And, you know, I knew I was going to get kickback for this. And I'm, and in my mind, I'm like, you can't, it's a topic where it's either black or white. You can't really be on, on, on both sides. Now, some people might disagree with me. The people that are very like politically active in, in that type of topic. And I really detailed into that topic, understand that uh, logically speaking, common sense, you can't, you can't be on both sides. You can't really be independent on that topic. You kind of have to choose a side. And uh, the reason for that is because, uh, one side believes in basically abortion and one side just believes in either, you know, having the baby, giving it up for adoption. Um, they don't really believe that you should have the choice to basically kill the baby unless it really is necessary uh, or it's a miscarriage, which is natural, or um, it's going to, it's life or death between the mother or the baby, right? Or something around that line. But 
Um, I'm like, you kind of really can't be in the middle. So I, I told him that, right? I'm like, you can't really be in the middle on this topic. And so he got he got mad, right? He, and he was like, no, he's like, I told you, yo, like that's my opinion. Like I'm in the middle. And I was and I was like, I was like, look, man, I, I totally understand where you're coming from. But listen to me real quick. I was like, it's not that I don't believe that you, your opinion, right? That that you're leaning in between it. It's just the fact that it's just the fact that like politically speaking, like you can't. And I explained it to him and I'm like, look, like this side believes in this and this side believes in this. It contradicts each other. If you're in the middle, you kind of have to pick. And he was just like, um, he was like, oh, I understand what you're saying. Right. So at first, you know, he got angry. And that, and that happens. That's the point of the, the whole entire story I'm trying to make to you. I'm trying to go as, as quick as I can on it just because, like, if I go through every detail on the conversation, we'll be here for, like, two hours. But I explained that to him, and then he said, uh, oh, yeah, I understand what you're saying. But at first he was pissed. Like, I'm telling you, like, he got mad. Like, and it's funny because he gets, he gets mad easy. Like, he doesn't he, – he, he tend he, – he's, he's an amazing individual. Like, don't get me wrong. Like one of my, one of my best friends, like by far, like, uh, like I said, I don't make friends. I make family. Like I definitely consider him family. Um, but you know, like, like everyone's different. Like that's what I meant by, you know, before with equality is that everyone's different. Every personality is different. Every human being will never, ever be the same. Everyone. If you take DNA within every single human being, there's not one other type of DNA. That's exactly the same strand, Right. Everyone has different DNA. So that means no one can replicate you. There's no, there's no uh, two Tyler Joseph Dunn's in the world. There's only one Tyler Joseph Dunn, and you're looking at him. Uh, the person on the other end of this, right, there's only one individual, whoever you are. There's no other individual that has the same exact DNA strand, right? So that, that's kind of that's what I'm going on with this is where uh, – uh, I'm kind of going on that pace where you you kind of can't uh, you kind of can't really fall on on the two lines because it's one or the other, right? You can't really believe in 100% everyone being equal or the same, and you uh, you know everyone's different. You gotta gotta have to pick a side almost, like, uh, and that's what I was trying to explain to him. So my my point across uh, moving forward with that is. You know, it's kind of hard sometimes to state the truth. Like I, I, uh, I tried to be honest with him. He freaked out, right? But I, I stood my ground and I, and I tried to reason with him as best as I possibly could. And overall, he ended up understanding what I was doing. So that that was my point on that, right? The the other end of it is just to see if I can give you. Um, I was gonna give you like one more example, but. I'm probably not only for the fact we're almost on an hour and 30 minutes. So what I was going to do was, um, was state that, you know, sometimes it, it's not easy to do that, right? Sometimes it's not easy to, uh, you know, actually state the truth to someone and you know, there's going to be uh, con you know, conflict at the end of that, or there's going to be someone that's going to be uh, aggressive towards you for stating the truth. And, you know, it, it's, it, it's a choice. Right, it's a choice to state the truth to someone or uh, to go against that person because you you know the truth and maybe that person doesn't have a lot of research or 
uh, doesn't have a, uh, a full compacted, um, well thought out uh, opinion or fact, right? Uh, which I guess those two are different opinion is uh, your own ideology, or I guess like your own individual, uh, your own individual viewpoint of it. And the fact would be like the truth, right? But that's what I'm thinking about, right? Is the facts. So that's what I try to do. I try to be honest with people. I try to, I try to tell people if uh, they're going in a different direction that, you know, it's, it's not really, I, I try, I just try to be honest with people. That's really all I'm trying to get at here. So that's, uh, that's always the, always state the truth. That's that, that was that topic. So now we're going to go into real quick, done deal investments. And, um, I'm going to go into that and then we'll wrap this up. Cause I got to go uh, call my cousin back real quick. But so for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn with Dunn Deal Investments. Uh, and what my company is designed to do is it helps a distressed seller and put them in front of an investor and we create the deal. That's why the slogan is where the deal is already done because we're creating the deal between a seller and an investor, putting them on together on a deal and they're, they're helping each other, right? So that's what the, that's what that business or you're probably, you know, if you see it a lot, I mean, if you're following me on Facebook and Instagram, you're seeing probably done deal investments. I'm probably posting things, reposting. Uh, you'll see the website up a lot. Goals and updates. You'll hear about it a lot. Cause I'll mention about, you know, my company done deal investments, LLC. So you're, and then I, you know, eventually I'm going to start doing some Facebook ads. I'm going to start trying to get into different areas and start, you know, advertising. So you're going to start seeing it a lot more especially if you're local in Coral Springs, you'll see it a lot more on Facebook, a lot more, you know, maybe like advertising in general, but uh, that's what that business is designed to do. The Dundee Investments LLC business. Now, what I'm going to do right now is go over uh, the elements where this would help individual, like the perfect people that, that this business would really help. And then we'll go over the three steps to financial freedom. So the people that this really helps is people that have liens where the, the city's citing you for different things. And over time you're accumulating more interest and more interest. And then you just can't afford it anymore. You're behind on back taxes, which is like, you're not paying property tax. And now the government's going to repossess your property. Uh, you're in pre foreclosure where you owe money on a mortgage for maybe, you know, most of the mortgages are from banks. And so, you owe a lot of money to them and you're behind on your payments. And now the bank's threatening to repossess your property job transfers where uh, you're moving either to a different state. You got a better job opportunity that can make you a lot more money, a lot more opportunity. And so you're, you're moving and you have to sell fast. You can't, you can't go through a real estate agent and wait like three weeks to, you know, over a couple, you know, a month or two. And so you need to just sell it fast as quick as you can and move on. Uh, that's where this would also help the job transfers. You inherited a property. This would be if, um, you know, most of the time it's like an elderly loved one, um, like a, a mother or father or grandparents, uh, you know, they get older and obviously you don't live forever and they pass away. And most of the time what ends up happening is the person gets it in their will. They inherit it. They don't really know what to do with the property. They already have a house. They just want to sell and collect the, collect the equity off of it. Right the cash equity off of it. So that's where this would also help is uh, inherited properties, right? Um, and most of the time, by the way, inherited properties, most of the time, the person doesn't really keep up with the maintenance on the property. And it costs a lot of money. Um, if you're going to try to like repair it and sell it, you might not have the time to do that. So that's where Dundee investments would help you do a quick sell, get you a quick profit. Now, 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Oh, maybe you like a real estate agent, right? Maybe like, maybe you've dealt with real estate agents before. The market is saturated with real estate agents. Uh, you know, there's a lot of bad ones out there. There's a lot of good ones, but, and they charge high commission fees. And maybe you've been in, in cases where the person didn't sell your house. They kind of screwed around a little bit. They didn't really do what you wanted them to do. And then they collect, then maybe you sold the property and they collected a lot of money off the deal. Right. And you're, you're mad. You're like, oh, this person did nothing, wasted a lot of time, a lot of my time, didn't really do what I expected them to do. And they collected all this money. So if you ever had a bad experience with a real estate agent, that's where done deal investments would come into place too, where you could use us because we're not a real estate agent. We're an investor. It's all investors that are, are, uh, and you'll sell the house faster because there's already investors that want to buy the property. Right. We already have a list of preset buyers. Um, and if we don't have anyone that wants to buy your property on our list, we'll go and find another uh, investor for you. Like, and it's, it's a, it's a buyer's market right now. It's saturated with buyers um, and, and it's, it won't be hard to find you a buyer. So that's the coolest part with, uh, with that part is we'll find you a buyer and sell it fast. So that's, if you don't want to deal with, you know, you've dealt with really bad real estate agents and you just don't want to do commission fees. Uh, that would be another reason to use done deal investments, LLC as a service. I'm trying to think of anything else maybe I've missed. There, there's tons of different elements too. Like, you know, if a bank owns a property foreclosures, we'd help the bank. Uh, maybe you have a friend that works at the bank and it, they're losing money on the asset and they just want to get rid of it as fast as they can and just collect the, you know, whatever they can collect on it. Done deal investments would help with that too. It's basically all I can think of, but any, in any case where you just want to sell your house extremely fast for uh, you know, a very good cash offer, that's what this would be. That's what this business is designed to do. Now we're going to go through the three steps of financial freedom. The first step of financial freedom is you have to contact Dundee Investments, whether that's email, phone, um, going on our website and filling out form, going on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. No matter what it is, you have to contact Dundee Investments in some way, shape, or form, or else we don't know that you need help. Uh, so that's the first thing. Once you do that and you contact uh, Dundee Investments LLC, we're going to ask you some very basic questions on the property, get a feel of um, you know what the condition is of the property. And we're going to ask you some questions on you know what are you trying to get out of like, like what's the what's the problem that you're trying to solve is a better is a better way to phrase it. Are you trying to you know you have a job transfer, you have a job that you have to transfer to, uh, you inherited a property, you just want to get rid of it, whatever problem that you have that you want to get out of or solved, that's you know the couple questions we're going to ask on that, just so we get a better understanding of what conditions you're in, what condition the property's in, what you need exactly. From there, we go into step two. So once we got all the questions answered and we move forward with it, we go into step two, which is we schedule a appointment with you to go to your property. We then go and uh, bring an estimate sheet. So we do a walk through your property and just go, okay, there's broken windows. Uh, there's roof damage. You got, it looks like there's leak and there might be mold over here. We, and all we're doing at that point is just collecting data from your property just so we understand how much estimate, estimately speaking, the investor would have to uh, put capital into that property to then sell it on the market for full value. We'll also take five pictures inside your property and five pictures out. Now, the reason for the pictures is obviously, um, so when we get the estimate sheet as well, we send both the estimate of the cost of how much it's going to cost that investor to put um, capital into the property the mint condition and they'll get to see the the property so we don't have all this uh foot traffic coming to your property 
So that's a big thing because I want everything to go smooth. I want everything fast, easy for you. Um, obviously, I want it a little bit easy for myself as well with uh, with our with my company, Done Deal Investments. So that is why we're taking ten pictures in, you know, outside and inside your property, and then we're doing the estimate of the walkthrough. So we could just send this to investors and be like, "Hey, are you interested in in being a partner on this deal?" And they'll be like, "Yes or no," and then we move on to the next one, or we keep that one and we uh, partner up with them. So that's how that works. Now we're on to step three. Now step three is. We have to run comps in your location, your neighborhood, because obviously every house is different in different neighborhoods uh, in different markets. So we go and get the average price. We then deduct what the investor will have to uh, you know, put capital into, and that's the price we'll negotiate on. So from that point, once we come to an agreement on the price and the terms that you need, like if you have to stay in the house another three weeks, uh, X, Y, and Z, whatever you have to do. So that way you can go and find another property. Um, this, you know, that way I can get the investor on the same page. That's, that's really what this whole thing is for. Once we get the price and the terms, I then go to the investor and go, Hey, this is what's going to go on. This is what the, the seller needs. And we get everyone on the same page. Once we're all on the same page, we sign a contract, the seller signs it. I sign it for done deal investments and the investor signs, whatever the investor is on the deal. Now, from here, it's very, very easy. Now we give the cash offer to the seller. We then go and by the way, the seller gets the cash offer. They don't pay done deal investments. The investor pays done deal investments, a commission fee, which is really cool. Um, and you don't have to worry about commissions, paying done deal investments. It's the investor. Now the seller, um, depending on what financial situation they're trying to get out of, uh, will help fix their credit because let's say they're in a pre-foreclosure and the bank's gonna you know, close on their property, they'll save their credit, which is very, you know, very key in the, you know, in finance nowadays is credit. It's like almost everything that is. And um, they'll get the cash offer and then Dundee Investments will supply whatever resources they need. So if they need a real estate agent, I know plenty of them, uh, very good ones. If they need home inspectors, they need um, financing, like whatever you need, I'll, I'll, I'll get resources if I don't have them on hand and, and we'll go from there and I'll, and I'll work with you to go and, and get you to your next stage and getting another property where you can afford it or um, for whatever reason you're getting out of the, the situation. Now, investor will obviously try to flip the property with the capital that they have and then they're going to try to sell it on the market for full market value. So they're going to try to make a profit off the deal. Done deal investments will obviously win because we'll get a commission fee and we'll get a little bit of a profit off of creating the deal for the seller and the investor. And done deal investments will then go on to help other people. So that's how the three parties will win in the deal. Now, my vision for done deal investments is to obviously branch it out bigger and make it so it's a one-stop shop where um, we have real estate uh, agent teams and we have financing and we have uh, home inspections and we have, um, you know, we obviously do what I just explained to you where we help a, a distressed seller match with an investor and the whole, and then obviously I have like other ideas, but um, what I'm trying to basically do is make it so once we help this person, we can get them through other stages so they don't have to go and find like five or six other companies. It's all in one company. So that's what I'm really trying to do with Done Deal Investments is make it a one-stop shop where you help this distressed seller, they go now into a real estate agent and now they go into home inspection and now they go into financing and it makes the home buying process a lot easier and that's the goal. A lot of people when they go and buy property or they go and try to get, you know, they're, they're a buyer, 
they're the first time buyer, they're trying to buy a, a property for, you know, um, for a, a husband and a wife and maybe kids, or maybe it's just someone that wants to own a, a property. It's, it's kind of, it's frustrating sometimes because it is a struggle. You have to go through five or six other companies to get what you need uh, through the resources. So if I can make it easier for home buying and dilute that process, you know, that's a big, a big win uh, for the seller, for investors. Um, and that's the key too, is like, I want to help investors, sellers, and other markets as well, or other uh, niches. And like, that's the key to me is just trying to create a company where I'm just helping everyone in general and eventually just expanding where it's just making home buying a lot easier. That's really what my niche is, right? That's really what my mission or my mission statement for Dundee Investments is, which honestly, I still have to sit down with myself and create a good mission statement. Um, I honestly don't have a real, a real true mission statement. I understand where I want to go and I'm on a mission with this company or this business, but um, I haven't really sat down and wrote out a mission statement. So that's, that's the next thing that's on my list to do for Dundee Investments is to start writing a mission statement and then be able to put that on my website, put that places where people can see it and understand really what we're all about uh, with Dundee Investments LLC. So that's Dundee Investments LLC. Uh, I think that's basically all I really wanted to cover with that. And we're, I think we're done with episode 90. It's, it's, it's been fun guys. I mean, I've, I've, I'm really enjoying doing these episodes, the, the goals and updates. I'm going to try to do two more episodes. Uh, so today's Wednesday. I'm going to do one tomorrow. Thursday will be the first makeup day for last week. And then I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Fridays is very, very hard uh, to do. It's probably going to be Saturday after work around five. And then from there, um, you know, then we're caught up. Then, then I did four episodes a week. I think that's the most I've ever done in, in one week is like four episodes. So that's, you know, that's pretty cool too that I, I have the ability to make up episodes. Look out um, for SoundCloud and iTunes coming soon. YouTube as well. I'm working on that. I'm downloading videos as we speak. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm figuring that out as I go. I've never done that stuff before. So SoundCloud's pretty easy. iTunes seems like it's going to be a little bit of a hassle to get it approved and everything. And YouTube's obviously pretty basic too. It's just taking the time to edit clips and making it shorter and diluting things and um, in the sense of like time-wise. So um, once I get it all caught up, I mean, I've got to go through 90 episodes now, um, only on like episode two or three. So it's going to be a long process, probably like over 500 hours of footage. But once I get it done, I'll update you guys and let you know how the process is going. I'll see you guys tomorrow for episode 91. This has been episode... Uh, 90 of goals and updates. My name is Tyler Dunn with Dundee Investments LLC, where the deal is already done. Peace.